On the first episode of Dear Teenage Conservatives, I discuss the beginning of my podcast, the Biden administration's handling of the Cuba situation, and Texas House Democrats fleeing Texas to D.C. I wanted to start this podcast for the conservative teenagers out there who, in their school, in their friend groups, in their community, don't feel like they have somebody to listen to about conservative ideas when it comes to young people organizing. Um, Specifically, I worked on political campaigns in the 2020 election, and at first I found it really hard to find local GOP conservative Republican candidates that I could work for. And if I had a podcast like this that talked about what conservative principles are and policies and the news and Republican ideas that are happening right now, I would be in a better situation then to put myself into opportunities to expand myself, um, becoming a better teenage conservative. So I just wanted to start this for all those people out there who feel lost and confused on how they express their conservative ideas. So I hope this podcast, um, for however long it may continue, brings you comfort and happiness knowing that there are teenage conservatives out there just like you. My first subject I wanted to talk about was the Biden administration's handling on the Cuba situation. Um, I don't know why when it started a couple days ago. I really was struck by the Cuban people's resolve to fight against communism and the Castro regime. Um, When I saw them hitting the streets, thousands of Cuban people, hitting the streets in Cuba, not just Cuba, but also in Miami and Tampa and in Florida, I really saw what freedom looks like. I think in our country, at least, we get so blinded by what freedom could look like for us because we see it every single day, whether it's going to a school, getting education, having health care, having food, basic human rights. And we'll go over 90 miles to the south of our country, and we see all of those basic human rights being violated constantly um, by a dictatorship regime. So the Biden administration came out and said that they supported the Cuban people, they wanted them to be able to have the right to protest, and they wanted the Cuban government to give them humanitarian aid. Great. I love that. I want the Biden administration to keep portraying that message. But what are they going to do for the Cuban people when they are standing out in the streets begging the U.S. to intervene in this conflict? Because I know the Biden administration can't just sit back and keep saying, oh, well, we support you, we want to help you, we want you to succeed, which are all great things. But what are they specifically going to do? Are they going to provide food? Are they going to provide humanitarian aid? Um, military intervention, which I wouldn't support, but we need to do something. We can't just sit back and say, not our problem. We have thousands of Cuban Americans in this country that are on like Miami TV every day. I just saw an interview um, on local Miami TV saying, we need help. We need the Biden administration to speak out. What is Biden going to do to help us? Because their families are still in Cuba. Their relatives are still in Cuba. 
the people that they love are still in Cuba. And we can't just sit back, like I said before, and say, oh, not a problem. This is a humanitarian issue. If it's us that needs to get the UN to have a special session and condemn Cuba's regime, fine, let's do that. But we need to take action. America is the beacon of light for around the world for freedom and democracy. And when we see something happening like what's in Cuba, we need to stand up and be that beacon of hope. Now, I don't want military intervention in Cuba. That is absolutely not what I am looking for when I say we need to do something. But it may come down to that at a certain time. And if it does come down to that, are we going to sit back and, while well, the Cuban people are asking for help, let other countries and nations like, like China or like Russia or even like Venezuela come in and help the Cuban people? And I quote, um, because at the end of the day, China is a communist regime. Venezuela is a socialist regime. If we look at Russia, I mean... They've made strides, but they still have some Soviet Union qualities to them. And we do not want another um, arms race, Cold War, because other countries are taking advantage of the Cuban situation. So I would ask Biden administration to specifically look at what are the costs and what is the benefit of intervening in the Cuba crisis? Because we can't look at this like it's a political issue. I've heard on the news for the last couple of days, well, Biden won't intervene because it would hurt his chances um, of re-election and it would interfere with the midterms. I would actually disagree with that point. There are, like I said, thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of Cuban Americans in this country that voted for Biden that are turning around and saying, what are you going to do for us now? We can't just sit back and let them take advantage of us like this. We need to end the regime, end the communist government, and start paving a way for democracy in Cuba, because that is ultimately what the people want. And as teenage conservatives, I would ask you, wouldn't that be what you want if America was under a dictatorship, a communist regime, all controlled by one person? Wouldn't you want another country that was the beacon for the world, that represented freedom and democracy, to come through for you specifically and help you reach that goal? I mean, I know I would, and I'm a teenage conservative, so just think about that when we talk about the Cuban crisis in the future. The next topic that I wanted to get to on my first episode of the podcast is the Texas House Democrats fleeing Texas to D.C. because of the supposed voting rights violation for minority communities in Texas. Um, I've looked at the bill. I've read articles about the bill. And from what I've read about what Texas Republicans are trying to pass in their legislature um, is not that controversial. I mean, voting ID, uh, I don't see a problem with that. It's in most states across the, I think every single state across the country requires voter ID or some sort of identification to say you are who you are when you're voting. Um, Even with 24-hour voting, I don't think you need 24 hours for a community at one polling station to vote. It should be the regular time that it is from 6 in the morning to 9 at night. Um. Just simple things 
that you would think are common sense pieces of legislation that should be enacted so fraud doesn't happen in an election because fraud does happen. I'm not saying that 2020 election was full of fraud, but there were some risky things that were done. Um, and I think it's important that we learn and we grow based on mistakes that we have made in the past. Um, but let's get back to the Texas House Democrats fleeing Texas. So they flee Texas, um, denying the Republicans in the state house a quorum to conduct business and vote on matters of importance, not just about voting rights, but about many other things, about teachers' pensions, about wages, about many things that affect the Texan people. And I think when we look at the midterm elections for local races such as Texas, um, we're going to see that the people that elected these representatives that fleed Texas at this time are going to be mad. They're going to look at those representatives and say, why should we elect you again? You fled. You didn't do your job. You didn't vote on what you're supposed to. You didn't fulfill your duty as a representative of me. And I think we're going to see a lot of Republicans coming out and making the point that they care about the people of Texas. They care about representing them and conducting business in a manner that is not just beneficial to them, that they don't feel has to be right. And the Texas Republicans said in a news conference um, that what they do in the past, they have not liked. They have not liked bills that the Democrats have brought up. They voted on pieces of legislation they thought were ridiculous but that's their job. They continued with it and they stuck to their job, which is what any representative should do, not faulting them for that. Um, but the Texas Democrats left on a bus onto a private plane with their pack of beer <laughs> on a chartered flight with no masks, contradicting their uh, policy a couple months ago when COVID started, and got off and are now parading around Washington, taking pictures of their salads and trying to figure out, okay, where do we go from here? Because they've done it. You can't go back now. Um, they've made it this far in the process. So they're meeting with representatives in D.C. asking for Senate Democrats to try to get rid of the filibuster, which is completely unfathomable to me. Because the Democrats in the Senate are trying to protect these Democrats from Texas, the minority party of Texas. And the minority party in Texas, the Democrats, are trying to say, hey, we need to be listened to. We need to have a voice, which is true. But then they turn around and say to Senate Democrats, we want you to get rid of the filibuster because we don't want the minority party to have too much control over a legislative agenda. <laughs> that's exactly what's happening in Texas. How can you say that and have a straight face while doing it when you're doing everything right now? I just don't see how Democrats can possibly have a reasonable explanation for this. It just it doesn't make sense. None of this makes sense. And that's one of the things that I think conservatives and specifically teenage conservatives see right now is these Democrat policies and talking points do not make sense. They are not helping them. They are not helping the party. They are almost going to um, a communist or a dictatorship-like style of government. 
which is not what Republicans and conservatives are standing for. We want freedom. We want democracy. We want everybody to have a voice, which Democrats in Texas should have a voice because they were elected by their constituents for a reason. But at the same time, we cannot possibly just turn our backs on democracy, the Democrats. They cannot just turn their backs on democracy and say, oh, well, it's convenient for us, so we're going to have this policy, but when it's not convenient, we're going to change our minds. That's not the way government works. So as the situation develops in Texas, we now see that the governor has threatened the Texas Democrats that have fled the state um, with arrest warrants saying that if they come back and they do not continue to conduct business in Texas, that they will be arrested by the sergeant of arms of the Texas uh, House legislature, which is reasonable. You have those same things that happen in the federal government. I mean, it hasn't been used a lot, but it's there for a reason in situations like this. So the Republicans in the Texas House voted And they voted that when they return, that they will be compelled to return to the House for um, their emergency session so they can continue to conduct business. And if they do not comply, that they will be arrested and brought to the Texas state capital of Austin so they can conduct business like they're supposed to. I mean, that's their job. I just don't understand how we can possibly, how Democrats can possibly argue against conservatives' um, belief that that is their job. There's no denying that. They were elected. They took an oath. They knew what they were signing up for. And them fleeing like this, like I said before, it's just them turning their backs on their constituents. Their constituents are not being represented because they aren't even in the state or do business. That brings me to another point. One of the representatives from Texas, Democratic lawmakers, said on the Capitol Hill that they were leaving Texas because it was for the good of their party, the good of their constituents, and they were doing hard work in Washington, trying to get election reform bills stopped by Republicans. I don't know about you, but I think if you work in Texas as a Texas in the Texas legislature as a Texas Democrat, then you're not really doing your job by working outside of Texas. Imagine if Texans that worked at a company um, in Texas just got up and left, went to another state, and said, we don't like how something is being done at this company, so we want you to fix it, and then we'll come back to work. (laughs) If that happened, that'd be called insubordination. They'd be fired from their job, probably, and they would be told to go somewhere else. But that's that's not what is happening with these Texas Democrats. They just think that they are above the law. They think... Well, we're doing something patriotic and heroic, and if you look at their Twitter posts and the, what they've been tweeting in Washington, it literally sounds like they're about to go to war or something. I mean, this isn't something that needs to be dramatic. We just want these um, Texas government officials to come back to work and do their job. It's as simple as that. It's nothing more. It's not really a political issue, even though it is. It's not a Republican versus Democrat. If Republicans did this in a Democratic state like California or New York, the media would be blasting them for this. They'd be saying, well, how can Republicans do that? That's against their what they signed up for when they got elected. They took an oath, which is true. If Republicans did that, I think conservatives would be really ticked off at what they're doing. 
I don't think that we would stand up and try to support them. But that's exactly what's happening with these Democrats. Democrats across the country are now saying, oh, well, we support you. We support what you're doing. That's not the way it's supposed to be. You are supposed to go do your job, represent your constituents, and vote what is best for your community. Plain and simple. And until they come back and do their job, what they signed up for, then I don't think that Republicans are going to let up anytime soon. And we are going to stay strong as conservatives, pressing them to come back to Texas and do the work that Texans need. I want to thank you all for listening to um, Dear Teenage Conservatives. Um, I hope that this podcast will continue for a long, long time. Um, It really is a pleasure to be able to just talk my opinions to fellow teenage conservatives or just conservatives in general, not trying to be exclusive. Um, But we have a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of issues to talk about. And I hope that I'll be able to do this for a long time and spread the conservative message.